Hello and welcome to the PB Racing Podcast, named aptly as It's All Downhill From Here. And that's for two important reasons. Firstly, it's going to focus mainly on downhill mountain biking. And secondly, if you ever put together a World Cup downhill team in the midst of a global part shortage, you'll realise that once the riders do leave the start gate with their bikes fully intact, it really is all downhill from here. Now, joining me, Henry Quinney, on this podcast is affable giant, Mr. Ben Cathro, all-time coaching superstar and now full-time racer and overtime manager of the Pink Bike Racing Team. He's managed to get this program going and, dare I say it, I would say going pretty well. We've just bounced off our second week of team camp. We ticked off our first national race and we're now preparing to leave for the first World Cup of the year this weekend in Lourdes. So, Ben, what's it been like putting this program together and what were the intentions when originally behind it i think the word is hectic and way more than you think like in terms of what i had to do i was assuming yo yeah i've just talked to some sponsors say right you know how you send me parts let's just send parts for a team and we'll go and race them yeah unfortunately <laughs> yeah because <laughs> that was a bit of an oversight because you were on the podcast with levy a while ago the main yeah. pink bike podcast yeah and how was that, if you went back in time, what advice would you give yourself? You know, I mean, how's the, the difference changed? I guess in terms of advice, I don't know, maybe order things earlier. Yeah. <laughs> but, it, the main thing. but it's been hard, right? Yeah. Because yeah, yeah, once yeah. there is a, a very tight limit on the amount of parts, I mean, I think at least maybe this is me seeing it in, in, in the worst sense. But I think if there is a six month delay on a part and they pull a bike for media, I mean, I'm sure mm. they've they've got certain things allotted. But it must be really hard when you've got orders backed up mm. for brands to want to commit to new projects or anything like that. And that goes, mm-hmm. that's industry-wide. That's that's not the ones we're working with. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, we aren't the only team attending World Cups and I've heard, you know, there are other people turning up too. So during the season, we're going to try and get this podcast out the day after the race. We're just going to be driving along. We're going to pull up in the van just as we have now and yeah, get some mics up, maybe pull in a few personalities from around the pits of the mm-hmm. team and talk about the weekend. And it's also worth noting, you know, we want to keep this podcast free and we want to have it on the pink bike main page but it's really difficult because i'm not actually doing my job as a tech editor because i'm away doing this but they're still paying my wages so it'd be really great if you listen to this podcast and you enjoy listening to it that you would consider you know subscribing to beta and it will actually help sort of <laughs> fund my big away day as i am um, hopefully get some really interesting kind of tech insights from the World Cups that we wouldn't normally be able to do. Today we just got off a back of testing, mm-hmm. getting you pretty comfortable on the bike. Big day on the bike. <laughs> yeah. How's um, <laughs> how's testing been going for the team, do you think? How, how's this week been? It's been really interesting. And I guess for the people listening, I uh, should probably mention who is on the team. Um, so at the moment, we have four riders signed up. So that's myself. Then we have an- another elite male rider, a uh, French rider, Thibaut Lally. He's a regular top 30 guy who's been racing on the circuit for a few years. And he actually lives locally to here, so he's been showing us around all the tracks. Then we have a younger rider, Jackson Connolly, but he is injured at the moment, recovering from shoulder surgery in Australia. And we will get to see him, and he'll hopefully be part of the podcast when we hit Fort William. And the other rider is a junior female named Amy Kenyon from Scotland, and she's also been here testing with us, and it's been it's been really cool, really cool. So like, uh, I've done a bit of testing before, yeah. but just by myself. 
Yes. And sometimes with friends helping, I have a friend back in Scotland that's helped me with some stuff before. But I've never dedicated this much time, and we've been talking about it, that mm. it's insane the amount of time you have to do just to figure out one thing, like an entire day on low-speed compression <laughs> on the shock. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And <laughs> the most infuriating thing is, once you get, because of the bike, there's so many variables and it's such a dynamic thing to ride a bike, mm-hmm. you think, oh, we've got the shock absolutely set up now. And the way that it balances the bike, because you guys ride so close to the limit, Mm. balance is such an important thing so often then you have to go mm. you have to go to the you spend your whole time working on basically the least sorry the most currently worst part of the bike yeah in terms of setup yeah and then you make that until it's no longer the worst part and then you go <laughs> to something else and it's it's trying to make it's like building a wheel it's trying to make it a perfect circle and yeah. you're just concentrating on the loose spokes at a time. yeah you're just finding the bits where it's touching the frame mm. i mean <laughs> this week so for those of you that don't know i work as an editor for pink bike but i used to kind of wrench back in the day for some World Cup teams and Ben has against his better judgment agreed to have me on the team this year doing the righty tighties and the lefty loosies he was free <laughs> well that's it I mean it's actually a very important it's a very important thing because collaborating my um, my role at Pink Bike, which where I often pass editorial comment on things with this we do want to make it obvious that actually I'm here because I'll be doing editorial things such as this from the races. Mm-hmm. And it's not the pink bike racing team paying my wages. Mm-hmm. It is, in fact, still Mr. Mr. Brian Park, his, his side yeah. of things. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, this week testing has been amazing. And, you know, I've been so impressed with everyone and just mm-hmm. their attitude. I mean, Tebow is an mm. animal. Animal. He's, he, he's a remarkable rider. So, so fast. So chilled while doing it and so stylish mm. and knowledgeable as well. Yes. So we've got uh, another mechanic who's working with Henry, uh, Peter Duke. He's an uh, Englishman who lives in France yep. and he knows his stuff. He's he been knows on, his stuff. He's oh been God. on nearly every team <laughs> that there's been at the World Cups. So him and Thibaut were just perfecting that bike all week. Yeah. And it's really cool to see how quickly they got a huge smile on Thibaut's face and some rather fast times on the clock, which was <laughs> <laughs> a little bit demoralising for me, but... We- <laughs> We'll get there. But I mean, Pete's been great. I mean, both of them. And I think having, especially because we've got Jackson and Amy, mm-hmm. having someone like Tebow on the team, especially, and also, you know, like Pete, these two people that have kind of been there and done it a lot, mm-hmm. I think is going to be really, really useful. Mm-hmm. And Definitely. it's amazing just, um, you know, the collective experience between them. And, and Tebow was saying that before he rode for Mondraker, mm-hmm. he'd always been interested in bike parts, but it was actually seeing Brooke mm-hmm. test that made him understand how he had to test. Mm-hmm. And I really would, wouldn't it be cool if in a couple of years, Amy and Jackson were had mm-hmm. gone into other things and they were saying, it was actually seeing how Tebow tested mm-hmm. that made me understand how I had to test. Mm-hmm. And it's, um, and that's like a really encouraging thought. Yeah. It's, I'm, Tebow, as you'll probably find out in the video series and other things, was a last minute addition to the team, mm-hmm. but a very good addition yes, to the team. He's been great. Yeah. Really, really good. And, uh, uh, talking about like Amy with testing, yes. she had never done it before. Her dad had set her bike up for her and she's just rid- ridden it to race wins for the past three years. Mm. She was at the same bike, the same grips. Yes, the same grips. <laughs> the same, the grips. same grip. In this, in this almost like metaphorical thing, you know, the grips broke on the last day she had on the yeah, bike. You that's know? true. And it's yeah. funny because the grips are normally the first thing somebody would change. Mm-hmm. The fact that she's had them on for three years and on mm-hmm. her last day on the bike, the grips, basically they, they detach from their yeah. inner. It felt like this full circle moment, like <laughs> that bike is going out to stud. Yeah, <laughs> you know? it's done. Melted down. Uh, but yeah, she was really worried about the testing mm. that uh, she was going to get there. And we'd be like, right, okay, now we're going to change the setting, go and do a run. She thought she was going to come down and be like, 
you know, that, that, that felt the same. Mm. And it turns out she's actually so, she's so in tune, so in tune with it. Mm. So she would come down and just be like, that felt weird. Yeah. And the interesting thing about testing is you don't know really what's better a lot yes. of the time. You just know it feels different. So she can tell when it's different, but she's now figuring out how to tell when it's better. Mm. And then we're using stopwatches or timing system to then figure out when it's faster. And then she can then put those things together to figure out how yes. the bike feels when it's fast. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's so funny, isn't it? Because, you know, timing, the, the, the clock doesn't lie here because mm. in downhill racing, we obviously it is the absolute benchmark. And there's so many other types of riding where, well, that's not that comfortable or even that confidence inspiring. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's actually those two, I'm not saying they're not important, but mm-hmm. they're not so important mm-hmm. as, as the thing that's the fastest. Mm-hmm. I mean, Amy's been, Amy's been great. And also, I mean, we rate um, for any French listeners out there, mm-hmm. you're about to hear some butchering of some location names. So we raced the Brood. Yeah. Brood Cup. Brood Cup. Mm-hmm. And I mean, do you know what, like I thought was really cool about Amy was that first year junior mm-hmm. on the morning of the race run, Mm. In her first race ever outside of the UK, mm-hmm. she had a big one. Big the, the, It's a week later, and the front her forearms are still black with yeah. bruises, huge bruises, huge, huge. still sore as well. She said that really, we did some stretching, and she yelped in pain when she put her arms on the ground. Yeah, yeah, big crash. But so in her first race, merely hours later, mm-hmm. she also got her first podium. <laughs> yeah, outside of the UK, and that was yep. a stacked World Cup field. Mm-hmm. And I just thought, you know what, to have that sort of. Maybe it's like self-assurance mm. at that age. Resilience. That resilience. I mm. thought, wow, that's that's something that I know I, I wouldn't have had it together when mm. I was 16. I thought, mm-hmm. that's pretty sick, man. Yeah. That's super cool. And really impressive. She's been racing in the UK since really young age. And she was all, she's always just been like nice and like good, steady rider, very proficient. It's only in the last few years that she's really found her speed mm. and her pace. I think it was last year she didn't do very well at the first national race and then at the next one she did really well and she was like oh I guess I can win and then just won the rest of them <laughs> it's just <laughs> like okay cool that's nice how that works yeah. so yeah let's let's just keep doing that so we're talking a lot about and we haven't actually full disclosure like we said Jackson the other the other rider on the team isn't with mm-hmm. us at this team camp mm-hmm. so we won't be discussing him so much just because we haven't got to know him in the same way yeah. yet yeah. but we have got this it feels like a really good selection of riders mm-hmm what was the criteria for selecting these riders then? So, Names um, <laughs> no, we actually we actually put it out on Pinkbike. We did a, a casting call. We said, right, we are looking for riders who A, are juniors and unsupported, or B, are current World Cup riders but feel that they don't have the support that they hmm. deserve. And uh, we got a lot of applicants. Yes. A lot of applicants. I got sent through the the huge spreadsheet of them and then spent two days just staring at my laptop screen going through them and I can see I've I've applied for things in the past and thought mm. how how did I not get selected I'm perfect for this yes. but you have to be so brutal yes you, you you don't think about the person you just look at the results and be like well these people are close but they had a better result the other person might have clipped out in the race run and would have beaten them but I don't know I don't have the time to yeah. research it <laughs> yeah, and, right. I, and I did with some people though like some people I went into like old race results and I looked at split times to see if maybe they had some, they had some speed but hadn't proven it or mm. in their, their race results and then I would look at their little blurb that they would write to describe who they were and what they were wanting to do and then some people who were really really good in terms of results their blurb was like hey this would be great thanks and it's mm. like, hmm, does that mean 
that they're then just going to be really unenthused and yeah. maybe not a good fit to the team and it's so hard to choose so as somebody that is incredibly passionate about their racing and mm. you've lived and breathed it your whole life mm. did it feel strange to almost be kind of playing god with other riders sort weird. of hopes and ambitions must have Re- been really 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 weird, weird. Yeah. really weird like in the past I've, I've run race teams in scotland uh, just helping out young riders and it's i know the riders because i've been coaching them for years so it was really easy to pick people because it'd be like they're a really cool person mm. the, their family's really supportive and nice and and like riding is really good but maybe i can help them in certain ways and it was just super easy and now i'm looking at names on a spreadsheet i've yeah. never seen them ride a bike i would search up their names on instagram to find riding clips yeah. and stuff like that i'd find race videos from the races that they said their results were from to see if i could find clips of them it was involved and uh oh yeah so hard and anyway i picked three riders and we only signed one of the ones that I'd originally picked, wow. which was actually, I think we say none of the riders I originally picked mm. due to either they'd already had deals lined up yep. or they, after discussing things with them, it maybe didn't seem like a good fit or I can't even remember what the other ones but, were. But, but it's mad because yeah. it's like we've all, I'm sure we've all had it where we've applied for different jobs mm. and then we've had different interviews at different times. We've maybe wanted the one job to come through that it's taking longer, etc. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, with these riders the teams have got limited spots which is obvious but also there's the timeline aspect because theoretically they've got lots of time mm-hmm. but as doors start closing you mm-hmm. don't want to be you know it's musical chairs mm-hmm. and it's it's this dynamic of being like they have to do something mm-hmm. and it's and you know you might say with a job that experience that probably most of us have had oh well if it's not great i can slug it out for six months and move mm-hmm. on to something else but with these riders they're so passionate about it and the thought of it's like, do I get paid slightly more here or, or a wage mm. here and ride a worse bike? Or mm. do I go for the good bike and that? Or do I go for something that just part, that seems like a good team culture? Mm. And it's so hard because I'm sure a lot of riders were, had a couple of options on the table and they were doing the same thing. They were looking up the team videos to try and get an idea mm. of the, the vibe, etc. Because, um, you know, environment is so important. Yeah, mega. And what kind of environment were you hoping for this team? So that it's something that I feel like I'm not great at. I'm not a very outgoing kind of extroverted person i'm more like when, when i'm at races by myself i practice by myself ride by myself i just really love the process of riding and finding speed out of the track and i don't like the distractions so i was actually really concerned about creating a good mm. culture and it was just lucky that a lot of the people that we interviewed and talked to to try and bring into the team were just great personalities yes. that created a good atmosphere, a good mm. culture. Uh, so it's kind of fortunate because uh, I can just sit back and let it happen. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's, that's probably when you when you don't have to work for it, mm. it's, it's better than... Mm. I'm not saying that you know good culture doesn't come from proactively choosing things because mm. there are many examples where it does. But I think when it's easier, mm. it, it's probably better. Mm-hmm. This week's Pink Bike Podcast is presented by Evo. In-store, online, all the time. Evo offers high-quality mountain bike gear from parts and accessories to full rigs and anything else you might need to explore the world on two wheels. The latest bike models are currently in at Evo from brands like Santa Cruz, Juliana, Norco, Marin, and Revel. Explore our selection and shop now at evo.com or stop by in-store to kick the tires. So, like I said, we aren't the only team racing these World Cups. Mm Mm-hmm. There are many of us, and this mm. podcast is hopefully, we really wanted to feature a reactive insight into the World Cup mm-hmm. racing scene. 
So we are going to talk about pink bike racing, but we're also going to hopefully pull in some of the great and the good from the, the wider, wider, um, wider scene. And we're going to talk about the race that just happened. Our aim is to hopefully record this on the travel day. First mm-hmm. thing, we're going to send this back to Mike Levy. He's going to work his fingers to the bone editing it and hopefully have it up for around midday of the day after the race in Canada. Very punctual. So hopefully we're going to try and stick to that timeline. But of all the teams, you know, we had this Brewed Cup, which is almost like a mini World Cup, mm-hmm. all these riders. Who do you think is going to have a really good season? I won't put you on complete on the spot, but there'll be people listening for their fantasy teams. They'll be thinking, oh, well, I've already given a good tip for the fantasy teams because I saw in the comments that uh, people thought I was a good buy and I quickly dissuaded. <laughs> 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 you want like, my fantasy team I was like Guy, guys I had three months off the bike because I had a bad back I think I'm going to be just struggling at this first round hey do you know something crazy right yeah. this is a bit of um, maybe a bit a bit sort of behind the scenesy gossipy but I think it's pretty mm. funny so when I worked at GMBN we were trying to get something sorted with Kenta I was trying to make a project where we did a privateer style thing mm. with Kenta Gallagher mm-hmm. and he was kind of he had a lot of other commitments and he was doing that thing with Cannondale and it was all mm. up in the air and um, I remember you hearing about you going to the pink bike thing mm. and me pretty much ringing you up and being like, Ben, 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 <laughs> Ben, Ben, Benny, Benny boy. <laughs> <laughs> and then we ended up doing some podcasts and kind of keeping in touch. And so it's really funny. That was three years, two, mm. three years ago. Yeah. Two years ago, I think. A whole lot's happened because we did that mm. interview where we did a podcast before mm-hmm. on GMBN where it was talking about the aspirations for the team. Mm. Well, so it was as privateer as it was mm. then. And then you had these crazy couple of years of you. I mean, you literally broke your neck, mm-hmm. which was wild. Is, is your back problems related to that? Does that have interest? No, uh, just an, in addition to. And mm. um, the neck's actually pretty, pretty, good. pretty good. It doesn't really bother me at all. It's just some old back issues I've had for 15 years or so. Yeah, yeah just getting old, worse as I get older. But it's, <laughs> it's funny how it's gone full circle and, you know, I mean, yeah, you, you do have the misfortune of me working on your bike on a semi-regular basis, risking your neck again. <laughs> <laughs> it, so, hasn't, it hasn't been bad yet but do you want these fork lowers type Ben I can never remember what your preference is then I tried to work on my own bike and then I left some bolts on them we're getting it figured out we've got the systems in place now <laughs> so that the forks don't fall off <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so industry tidbit aside who do you think will be going well well for this season who do you, who do you like to see what go well maybe hmm um, so I'm not the kind of person that's good at picking names from a brain. Mm-hmm. I like to consider it for a while, but the obvious ones to go for are look at the races that have just happened. So Pierron looks like he's on it. Yeah. Uh, that race in Taruka, he looked aggressive. He looked really fast. He won the race. He beat a lot of other uh, fast riders. It, he's an easy pick for sure. Do you think when Pierron is on his game, there's anyone faster? Hmm. Because he does seem to have that almost Gwyn it's, style of like, when he goes, he goes. Well, it, it, it depends, the co- not the context of the question, but it, tends, it depends on the rules of the question. Because hmm. if I was to pick someone else at their peak from years past, I don't know. Like, yeah. Gwyn at his peak, would he have beaten him? I don't, hard to tell. Gw- yeah, like, yeah, it is impossible. It's, it's so hard. La- Loris Vergy, when he was on it, was a good bit in front. Bruni, when he was like... Uh, well, he's still peeking. He's all over the place. Sorry. Proof that we're actually in the van. We are genuinely in the van. <laughs> Just after finishing <laughs> testing. And there's motorbikes going past. Um, so, yeah, uh, I'm not sure. Uh, what One thing I've said the last few years, I, I think Gwyn still can win a World Cup 
it's whether he figures out the things that are slowing him down and messing with his head and stuff like yeah. that. I think he's still got the speed and you see flashes of it. Like last year, I think he still he was like sixth at one of the races. Yeah. He's like not far off. But I don't know if he's going to figure it out. These riders, you get the feeling that some get faster. Yeah, I think maybe, to be fair, someone like Loic or Troy. Mm. They're these incredible riders and that you feel like they're so like precise. Like, yes, obviously they get loose and they're very aggressive, mm. but they're very precise. And then you get someone like Amory who... I get this feeling just from watching him and that's my only, it's not like I have some mm. crazy insight, but it looks like he can just release himself from the need to be precise. And basically, go, I'm just going to go faster than anyone mm. and I'm going to make it work. Like Gwyn at Wyndham, I think mm. 2015, mm. like basically if my average speed is higher, I'm going to win. <laughs> so whatever's in the way, I'm just going to ride through over it. I don't care. Like <laughs> it's going to, I'm going to get to the bottom mm. of the hill fastest. Mm-hmm. Like that run at Leger mm. from Perion was just wild. Mm. Like absolutely wild. But he did have the flu very recently. He didn't mm-hmm. race in Briouds. That could be affecting him at this first round. Yes. So we don't know, but he is riding well. He's also got the magical bicycle. Mm. V2. The V2. <laughs> the Gummensa <laughs> V2. <laughs> V2. Yeah, the bike looks super interesting. Mm. Remember there was like shots looked at it and everyone was like... Uh, Cropping in on the Instagram photos, <laughs> trying to figure out what was going on. Enhance. Enhance. Zoom. <laughs> uh, yeah, it looks really cool. I actually really like what they're doing with that bike. Like they've got the VPP rearward axle path, so in effect similar to a high pivot, but then they've also managed to isolate the the braking forces. So the, uh, the old one had a lot more, like it would squat into its travel when yeah. you braked a bit more. So this new one, because they've managed to keep the seat stay angle constant and they've mounted the brake to the seat stay it looks like it'll be much more neutral similar yes. to like a trek with the CPB system so like the v10s that we ride uh will naturally squat into the travel which can be really nice because mm. it keeps the geometry consistent under braking but then you trade off a little bit of compliance when you're braking i think <laughs> it's you know how what a bike does under braking i think not only does it vary on your skill level but also for me a big factor is fatigue mm. when i'm tired I actually mm. don't want a bike that basically can almost be on something steep, can almost be pitching my weight into my hands mm-hmm. as it wants to stay very extended. Um, sometimes actually it's, it's almost like blessed relief when mm-hmm. you get on the anchors and it just sinks and it just goes, I'm just going to do this mm. here, thank God, because I can't, yeah. I can't take any more of my hands anymore. And we were just discovering that with the testing today because my shock was a little bit too firm and then I got to the bottom and my hands and arms were wrecked. Yes. And we're like, oh, what are we going to do? Uh, this is not ideal because we just changed some fork settings. Mm. And it, but we'd put a new shock on it. Turned out it was the shock's problem, not mm. the fork's problem. Yes. So yeah. It's insane how different things affect different parts of your body and bike. Yes. But yeah, the that new bike looks super good. It's won two races. Yeah. And I think Pierre should go really good. And the women's, we were both talking about mm-hmm. someone who's looking really fast in pre-season testing. So in German, Nina yes. Hoffman looks strong. But she's and, all yeah. Yeah. I mean, she's always been very quick but she's often looked like she's kind of getting away with it, mm. going very fast. And basically she feels like, it feels to me like she's an incredibly brave rider. Mm. I mean, she literally lost a shoe at a World Cup, I think at one point in Valnord. <laughs> you know, that, that's the sort of, you know, that's kind of thing that happens when you ride on the edge that much. And yeah. she just seems to be someone that is an incredibly courageous rider that is happy to really risk. Mm-hmm. But just watching videos in the preseason and not having seen her in person, but she looks a lot more composed and mm-hmm. dare I say, just a lot more technically defined 
Like, mm-hmm. it doesn't seem like she's just reacting to the bike. It feels like mm-hmm. she's bossing the bike now. Yeah. And I would love to see what a composed and settled Nina Hoffman on a factory team with mm-hmm. all the resources that come with that mm-hmm. can do in the overall, because I think she'll go really well. Or the most winning racer of all time, I think. Yeah. I, I think she's one off. One off. One off Anger. Anger. Yeah. Uh, as a mum that could be really interesting because it's like there's a lot of uh, endurance athletes who have had children and then come back and then been even stronger mm. compared to when they left but downhill is a very different sport so it's going to be quite exciting to see how she gets on because she ain't hanging about in the clips I've seen of her yeah I mean it would be amazing yeah I think it would be a real feel good story you know? <laughs> yeah yeah I mean it's hard to say I feel like what Rachel did for so long yeah I think when someone is that good they normalize excellency mm-hmm. to the point where it almost like similar like, i know like mercedes did in formula one or whatever mm-hmm. and sorry by the way now michael Levy isn't here to tell me not to talk about formula one i've got free reign baby <laughs> so if you've seen this racing series called formula one but basically when when someone is so good that that they make winning like you know the highest level of your sport mm. look like oh that wasn't very exciting yeah that's amazing yeah, yeah. And to do like get perfect seasons and stuff, it's just remarkable. Yeah, I wonder if she'll be the first person to have their child up on the podium. Hmm. But Lizzie Armistead did. I mean, I know road cycling's different. Oh, I'm I'm thinking on a downhill podium. Yeah, but, but oh yeah, of course. But I mean, what she's done for women's cycling mm. has been really amazing mm. because it's it's shown that it can be done. And mm-hmm. I think there was a still I don't know if a stigma is the right word, but there's a preconception that probably isn't particularly helpful. Not least because it's probably men holding the preconception a lot of the time. I remember they're just like, "What? What are you talking? You know, <laughs> none of you have any experience of this." So I, I know, I, I, I'd be stoked to see it go well. Mm-hmm. There's also a lot of tech floating about this year. Mm-hmm. I have showed remarkable amounts of restraint because, in my rule, as I was explained to another rider the other day, that if I see a bike mm-hmm. in somewhere that I consider fair game, yeah. I'm going to take a picture. But if we're in a car park, both doing testing, I'm not going to take a picture. But it's really hard because, like, it's just me sat there. At one point, it was the new forks and rock shocks, the black box forks, mm-hmm. the new commentar, which at that point hadn't been released yet. Mm-hmm. And there was something going on with the Fox and electronics. And these three bikes were, like, within 10 metres of me. Mm-hmm. And I was there just, like, just, like, you know, like, sweat coming down my brow, like, oh, my God. But they'd obviously know it was me. And it, I know I wouldn't want to, um, I wouldn't want to, like, abuse their trust of just laying these bikes down next to me. But be warned, if I see it on a gondola, yeah. whoo, baby, I'm taking a picture. <laughs> I think you just got to go for it. It's out in the public. Well, I just think, I just think that basically what would happen is if they thought they couldn't test near the pink bike racing team, mm. it would only be bad in the long run. And so, okay. I've just been using the old, you know, optical vernier calipers, uh, like 30 yards, trying to size up the Rockshox forks. Oh, God. 47. <laughs> oh, I need calibrated. I was going to say, my mind only, like, my calipers only work in inches, like, trying to, like, change the mode. But no, I think this podcast is going to be really cool. I'm super excited about this season. Mm-hmm. And obviously, we've got Lords, and then we've got a long break. So there'll be yeah. one more podca- podcast next week. Mm-hmm. And then we'll probably lay low for a little bit. Mm. Um, hopefully we'll do a team camp in Scotland as well before Fort William. Yeah. But thank you very much for listening. We'll see you next week. And, you know, don't forget to tune in with the normal podcast with Mike Levy, which isn't going anywhere. Thanks, guys. And we'll see you later. See ya. Bye-bye. Au revoir. <laughs> Bonsoir. Bonsoir. Bonne nuit. Bonsoir.
Well, that was it for our first Pink Bike Racing podcast. Thank you very much for listening. You know, this is going to be a really exciting project that I'm really looking forward to. I would say that whilst we'd like to keep it free, at some point it may go on to beta. However, this is also a sort of call to arms. If you like the podcast and you enjoy it, I'd really ask that you consider subscribing to beta. And that's because the tech department is still paying my wages and they've actually let me have pretty much six months off to pursue this side of the racing things. It also means because the team isn't paying me my wage, then I'm not actually pulling resources away from them. And that those resources can go towards the riders, towards projects and towards training and hopefully making them faster on their bikes. So this isn't going behind beta now. It might do in the future. We'll try and keep it free in one form or another. But if you want to keep it on the main page and keep it free at full length, please consider subscribing to the beta package.